As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! A solid backup to UC Askelainen, barrel-chested Danish internationals, semi-retired Iberian centre-halves, a highly functional midfield engine room, damaged goods at number 10, and a genuine warhorse up front. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés and the didn't play for Sam Allardyce's Bolton but really should have done 11. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 107 of the Football Clichés podcast. I'm Adam Hurry and with me first of all is Charlie Eccleshare. How's it going? Uh, good, yeah. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, we mentioned the other day uh, the prospects that you're facing on Saturday, El Sakico, which is <laughs> I continue to uh, declare is a hateful term. We discussed about whether this this scenario has ever occurred before and several people got in touch to say that both opposing managers have indeed been sacked after a game before Charlie and Joe Marshall both got in touch to say that both managers were sacked after Sheffield Wednesday 1 Middlesbrough 2 in 2017 Gary Monk was sacked by Borough later that night and Carlos Carvajal was sacked by Sheffield Wednesday the day after on Christmas Eve oh Okay, I'm not massively surprised it has happened before, but um, if I had to pick two clubs, Charlie, to be involved in such a thing, Sheffield Wednesday and Middlesbrough would be right up there. They just feel they feel very yeah, sacky. That, <laughs> that does feel right. I mean, it does require a quite specific set of circumstances, doesn't it, as well, when a win... That's quite a good subsection of sackings as well, when even after a win, you still get sacked. I was imagining it would have to be a draw. That's that's a particularly cruel one. It's like, oh, you know what? Just Just go. Well, I mean, at the same time, also, you know, we should say that, you know, sacking should never should never happen after a single game. You know, no, of course not. Big picture thing. So I actually quite like sackings after a win because it just means, you know, you're still shit. Yeah. Go away. Go away. Um, I'll tell you who's not shit. And that's Nick Miller, who's along uh, with us today for um, what will eventually become the didn't play for Sam Allardyce's Bolton, but really should have done 11, um, which I think which I'm thoroughly excited by. But before that, Nick, some serious matters. Um, the draw for the League Cup quarterfinals will be held on Soccer AM at 10.30 on Saturday morning. Has the game gone? <laughs> I got a, um, a few outrage messages about this, but I thought this had actually been going on for a little while. And I, I, I was sure that I had seen a, the League Cup draw being made on Soccer AM before, and I haven't watched Soccer AM for about 15 years. But what I think I have seen is the LDV Vans Trophy draw. Yeah. On Soccer yeah, AM, that was the gateway, which wasn't does, it? Yeah, it does feel like it kind of fits a little bit more, but I, I don't know. Is this game's gone? I don't oh, think I this mean, is game's gone. Is it? No, maybe not. This game's gone for game's gone for the uh, for only the people who want the draw made from uh, kind of a, a, a velvet cloth bag. Yeah. 
and um, done by Graham Kelly. Is it? It's probably not worse than the FA Cup draw being on the one show, is it, Charlie? No, though I will say, I you know when you hear people being like, you know, I spout my cornflakes or I had to stop the car or whatever. I did li- genuinely have to record. I was watching. <laughs> the football yesterday and genuinely had to rewind it because I just missed what day it was I was like because you know sometimes it's after the first day or whatever sometimes after the second I was like oh I just quite want to hear that again so I know when Spurs if they're in it when the draw's made they're like the weekend Mm. so this is mad Um, more just intrigued why it was so late as well but what was the competition was it the EFL trophy or whatever it was where they had like a series of disastrous draws where they were done in the middle of the night or they were done on a stream a live stream that broke and it was Scottish, all there's some, been some Scottish cup draw shenanigans as well um, so yeah there, has, there is precedent I guess mm. I mean it's kind of not too bad Nick but then I've been reading the uh, promotional detail and uh, in the build up to the draw the EFL and Soccer AM will be releasing a short content series which sees Fenners and Jimmy Bullard react to famous draws <laughs> Famous draws. That's a, yeah, there are two elements to that, aren't there? Firstly, as you say, famous draws. Is it just going to be that time Donald Trump did the, the draw with Satan Gravesy? Uh, but also the, the the first half of that sentence is a, is a really kind of chilling <laughs> collection of words, isn't it? Content series, Fenners, Jimmy Bullard. I saw Jimmy Bullard playing in, in a... Um, he plays for a sort of souped up Sunday league team. Oh yeah. Which and, and I happened to be watching for, for another article I was doing watching a, and you would think that you know Jimmy Bullard he's not that sort of long retired he would be the kind of glowing talent that would uh, be clearly better than everyone else. He wasn't. He was he just he, he sort of looked in place which was weird. Anyway. Well yeah that debilitating knee injury has certainly taken its toll mm. but um uh, Charlie I'll round this one off with perhaps the most unsurprising quote of all. Jimmy Bullard said, I'm absolutely buzzing to be making the draw. <laughs> I was just thinking, that content, could that word, the mar- like Fenners, co- like content, that word just couldn't be more Fenners and, mm. and Jimmy Bullard. Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to them reacting to famous draws. I'll be tuning in for that. So is, is that to say famous draws as in, so yeah, like you say, we think of the Donald Trump one as being a famous draw, but is that like the famous time where United were drawn... At City in the third no round or something. No idea. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming draw ceremonies. But right. I, I can't think of any other ones. So yeah. God knows. I mean, but but I would say in the games gone territory, Nick, this is probably a more subtle attempt to gaslight the games goners than the news of Paul Pogba's vegan Adidas Predators, which which felt like a real kind of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Prodding too, them. Yeah. It really it really, it really was too on the nose that yeah. I think, yeah. isn't it? But yeah, but yes, I mean I, I like to think that there is someone uh, in the upper echelons of the game who is um, winding up the the game's goddess, just doing these things deliberately to troll them. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to seeing them being. Um unearthed anyway right let's get on with the uh, a very quick adjudication panel this week because there are some burning issues to to get into um this frankly charlie is just sensational this is from nathan lynch who's drawn my attention to a fine and much needed addition to the curious footballing debate genre of if you did that on the street <laughs> um this is Phil Neville talking about people calling for managers to be sacked on social media. He says social media is the absolute cesspit for people that are just the lowest of the lowest. Yeah, fine, fine. He added, we live in an era where it's seen as quite normal to ask people to be sacked, which I find absolutely incredible. If you were in any other workplace and you walked into a shop and you said, I want you to be sacked, I think you would be reported to the police. <laughs> So, oh, lovely. I if guess he's supposing that you're not an employee of the shop. You're, Doesn't you're, matter. You're just a random passerby. <laughs> I don't think that's an arrestable offence. I don't think it is. But also, I sort of assume that 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 must that must happen. Like, if someone is unhappy with the kind of I don't know the Marmite placement in Tesco or something like yep. that, or you know, you know, the the, the sort of petty-minded individuals who have nothing better to do with their time and complain about these kind of things. So, so that, that, I think I would have thought that happens fairly routinely. They're just I, I want to see the manager. You should be sacked. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd love to know what parliamentary act that you could be arrested for <laughs> under uh, for this offence. Um, Odd that supermarkets are always the go-to workplace scenario for this sort of thing. Um, I anticipated supermarket and you delivered, so thanks very much for that. But yeah, Phil Neville, you bang wrong. You bang wrong. 
Listener Michael Cox has drawn my attention to a fantastic piece of dubbing, Nick. Um, football has a rich history of, of curious dubbing, but um, this story peaks somewhat in the middle. An Instagram model has been convicted of harassment after telling 6 million followers her ex-husband slept with prostitutes. Rowan bin Hussein, 24, dubbed the Brook Shields of Kuwait, <laughs> posted pictures of Mohammed Yusuf Megareth's family on the social media sites and accused him of giving her a sexually transmitted infection by sleeping with prostitutes. The Brook Shields of Kuwait. I might be the best dubbing I've ever heard. It is, but that's a—it's a sort of classic of the um, the the newspaper headlines written by people of a certain age genre who use arcane cultural references. I mean, what what, what Brooke do, Shields? Do, do, Maybe do it we... goes deeper than that. Maybe Brooke Shields did something similar. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say we we don't know the criteria that uh, made her the Brooke Shields of where uh, of Q eight. Um, is it that I mean, what what was Brooke Shields known for? That she was the Friends cameo, private life. I would say colorful private. Okay, fine. oh, she was, she was Andre Agassi. Mm. I think she, she was she was Tennis. famous, very famous, quite young. I don't know. <laughs> Famously yeah. quite young. No, famous. Yeah. She she was <laughs> young. <laughs> Famously, Famously, his remainder yeah, young, notoriously young. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed that one. Um, but this coincided with um, a DM from uh, fellow listener Jonathan Wilson. I don't know why the why the, why the tactics nerds are getting into this, but um, uh, Charlie he pointed my attention towards the Wikipedia page for um, Nikolai Rania, uh, nicknamed the locomotive of the Carpathians. The locomotive oh, wow. of the Carpathians. He was a Romanian football referee and player. And uh, Jonathan Wilson was questioning about whether his nickname was for him as a referee or as a player. <laughs> But actually, why referees shouldn't have nicknames? Why shouldn't referees have nicknames, especially in this style? It should be yeah. Fine. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the the, the English Kalina or something mm, would the be Keith Hackett of the Danube. Yeah, it would be the highest <laughs> praise. I mean, Carpathians, because isn't that isn't Hadji the Maradona of the Carpathians? Quite right. Yeah. So that there there is precedent for that. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see more refs given those kind of accolades. Yeah, but Nick, locomotive of the Carpathians is um, wonderful. So epic in scale. I mean, there's so much that it evokes. Yeah, again, what qualities does he? What qualities do you have to, to be the locomotive? Uh, is, I, is, I don't know. I guess he was just a box to box midfielder. Yeah, right? yeah I imagine it's, it's you a, move. It's a running style thing, isn't it? Yeah. You must yeah. move very well or quickly or powerful. Yeah. yeah, or you spout steam from the top of your head or something. I don't know. Mm, mm, oh, but yeah, don't know. Maybe you just turned up on time. Don't know. Um, lastly, very reliable. Yeah, lastly in this section, uh, Stuart Armitage, Charlie takes us back to 2002. A story about Ryan Owen, um, somewhat of a bad boy of Welsh table tennis, who was banned for six months after an outburst at the Western Open, which saw coffee cups, match balls, pens and papers strewn and a chair kicked onto a court. The uh, Welsh Table Tennis Association General Secretary said he is the George Best of table tennis (laughs) in Wales. (laughs) Important clarification, just in case there is a badder boy of table tennis elsewhere. Uh, yeah, he's I thought that, I thought yeah, they were going to say Ronnie O'Sullivan or something, mm. but I guess that would have predated yeah George Best. That's very. But good. yeah, yeah. these the, the, the bad boys of sports like that are always it's just sensational, and what what it actually means is they kind of wear a pink shirt rather than mm. the standard white, or mm. once shouted during the game or something mm. along those lines. The, the the bad boy threshold is very low for sports like snooker. Pens and, and papers strewn. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I know, absolutely shocking. But um, uh, let's get on to the the main event for today, um, which I think does require some clarification before we get into it. Um, This is the didn't play for Sam Allardyce's Bolton, but really should have done 11. Now, Charlie, I can't stress enough that this, we're not going to be talking about the increasingly tedious and fictionalised caricature of Sam, Big Sam Allardyce. I don't think that's actually particularly relevant here at all. The only reason this piqued my interest was that that Mick McCarthy and Steve Bruce both being out of work for the first time in, in quite a while. In fact, only the third time they've both been out of work in their careers together. And I thought it was, it's bad news for the proper football man. So I thought it would be time to mm. be celebrated a good slice of proper football man history in the Premier League. Um, but this is a very specific type of team, type of player, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I guess my mind or well, my focus was drawn to the foreign signings because they're the more interesting ones. Yeah. So I was looking at that and, you know, in the trying to 
I think before we do these, you know, you want to deduce patterns and this sort yeah. of thing. And generally, the foreign signings are ones that were part, were seemingly past their best because that's how Bolton and Allardyce were able to get them because they didn't have the resources to go after, you know, peak uh, foreign players. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your mind goes... And, and some of these then worked out really well. Djorkaev being one of them, Ivan Campo, Okocha, maybe he wasn't past his best, but he was one who others kind of, you know, decided they didn't want to exactly. go for whatever reason so he was having to take a lot of pumps and some of them paid off a lot some of them absolutely didn't I also just noticed alongside the foreign signings some players who I completely forgotten pitching up at Allardyce's well such as Steve Howey in 2003-2004 every time you examine the Allardyce era at Bolton for even five minutes you will see a player that you never never even dreamed of yeah so he yeah. was there Ian Walker another Euro 96 uh, squad member and was, 2004 he, he yeah uh, yeah true and Euro 2004 yeah he was there so so you've got this weird combo so I get so though all of those sorts are up for grabs what I looked at quite a lot as well was World Cup squads from 2002 because I feel that yes. was probably to a large extent what Sam Allardyce was doing and from that found very fertile ground slightly as well the 98 World Cup because by then some of those players were kind of over the hill mm. uh, over the hill enough to be thinking yeah I could pitch up at Bolton Freddie Bobbitch for instance exactly. there were also a, a, another sub sub genre mm-hmm. uh, was <laughs> players who I was going to put forward for this but then remind myself, oh, I actually think they may have done that, may actually have played for Bolton under Sam Allardyce. Step forward, Ibrahim Barr, who yeah. I thought was a really good shout, and then thought, wait, did he actually play? And sure enough, he did, uh, in the same season as Steve Howie. This is going to be quite an enjoyable minefield then, for, because there are going to be a couple of names that crop up that might actually end up having played for yeah, either I think there Allardyce will be. I think there Bolton or Allardyce elsewhere, so let's be careful. Nick, can you, I think this is an important point raised by Joe Ganderson. He says, your big Sam 11 that got away must feature at least one 2000s Portsmouth player. Herman Friderson, Papuba Diop, Benjani, many more candidates. Yeah. He says there are huge big Sam energy in those teams. Um, but I do feel that there's an important distinction to be made between Redknapp's Portsmouth and Allardyce's Bolton, not just that Bolton were actually good. I feel like Redknapp's Portsmouth were much more scattergun. I mean, Allardyce took chances on players, but I feel like it was, it was much more of a kind of coconut shy of, <laughs> of potential failures or successes. Yeah, it's, there, there are definitely a similar vibe. There is, there's a similar kind of... You know, Portsmouth and Redknapp never really had your coaches, your Jokaevs, your kind of... Never really nailed it, did they? No, I mean, for, 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 this, for this one, I've got uh, three kind of key categories. Mm-hmm. Got the kind of slightly obscure European cult hero. Yeah. So uh, uh, Stelios Genikopoulos, Pedersen, whose name mm. first name escapes me. Henry. Um, thank you. Um, we've got the uh, sort of gnarled Englishman enjoying a career of revitalization. So, you know, good. It's people like Steve Howie and obviously Kevin Davis being the main one. And yeah. then the big foreign name that it would have been implausible for them to sign for four or five years earlier. And that's the one that I don't think Portsmouth really kind of nailed. Mm. Um, right. So I think I think that's the key difference. Yeah, quite right. Good, good work so far. Actually, also, I mean, all three of us have preoccupied ourselves already with big foreign signings or you know curious foreign signings let's not forget sturdy British talent that we need to pepper this team with so do bear that in mind mm-hmm. but with that in mind uh, I wanted to pick this lineup out from Rob Fielder who I think may have drawn an early line in the sand with this uh, his lineup is Jackson Go in goal a back four of Jocelyn Anglomar, Roque Jr, Alpine and Abel Xavier three-man midfield of Salif Diao, Jeremy and Mark Kinsella and up front, Agustin Delgado, Marcus Allback, and Bart Hoare of Belgium, <laughs> uh, which is a really weird shout, but also feels perfectly fine. So I, I feel like it's a good setting of the scene there. Let's get into the technical details, though, Charlie. Um, our formation, 4-5-1 of sorts. Yep, that works with um, someone, hopefully he can do the Pedersen role of playing either in that one or as the left back or in midfield. Um, we we want to have some versatile options as well, if possible. Yeah, I mean, Nick, that five can contain pretty much anybody. Um, <laughs> defenders, <laughs> yeah. midfielders, strikers, wingers, how, have anybody you like. But interestingly, one thing I didn't know about the Allardyce myth, if I may briefly delve into that, is that he claims to have brought 4-5-1 into English football. Back in 2005. <laughs> really? He says, I was the first to bring 4-5-1 into this country. I will blow my own trumpet and admit it. I know where it has got Bolton. We are rewriting history by playing in Europe for the first time. 
so he invented 451 in an English context. Did you know that? Uh, well, I didn't because that's clearly bollocks. But, you know, <laughs> it, it, the, the, also, the, the the idea that um, that Sam Allardyce has to say, "I'm going to blow my own trumpet." Of all the kind of managers of that era, he is the that absolute prime own trumpet blower. Surely, yeah, quite right too. Quite right too. I mean, given all the preconceptions he's had to rally against, I'm I'm not surprised. Charlie, I want you to furnish me with some names for our goalkeepers. Um, let's just establish the goalkeepers he did have. UC Askelainen, of course, Ali Al-Habzi. Mm. This is the kind of ballpark we're working in. Well, this is the problem, this position, actually, because the Askelainen was, was very settled. Yeah. There weren't that many. So I was more imagining... So he didn't really go for the kind of celeb keeper in the way that he did in other positions. I think had he done so... And had Yaskar not been there, a couple of options to me. Fabian Bartes, post-Man United, okay. damaged goods, but, you know, he's kind of a big name. Never really, never really heard that phrase in terms of uh, footballers who were past their best, but fine, but we'll allow it. <laughs> uh, another, just because he came from a nationality that um, Alice was fond of, Zubi Zaretta, the veteran Spanish keeper, okay. kind of to, to go alongside Campo and Hierro. And then the genre of Moyurian walkers, um, so a kind of sturdy, reliable English keeper, Thought Nigel Martin, you know, right towards the end of his career, he's got no chance really playing for England anymore. But he's a, you know, a good guy to have around. And then my old two favourites, who in my head are completely interchangeable, Paul Jones and/or Neil Sullivan. Oh, this is a very strong finish there. Nick Villa was wagging his finger in appreciation. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, Nigel Martin was was a name I had. As Charlie said, it's very. It, this was the trickiest position to fill because Jaskolainen is so kind of associated with it. So I, I sort of just went instinctive and picked the first couple of names that from a couple of those categories that popped into my head. Nigel Martin was was one of them. The other one, and I don't know why, Bernard Lamar. Yeah, oh! I, I thought about Lamar as well um, yeah. in in that Bartes space. The kind of slightly extravagant foreign geek, French foreign French geek. He, 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 he also falls in, uh, for me anyway falls into the kind of niche category of players I thought played a lot more in England than they actually did. Okay. In my head, he played mm. quite a lot for West Ham, but as it mm. turns out, it was only about twelve games. Interesting, potentially crucial point. Did Bernard Lamar play in tracksuit bottoms? Yes. He did. He okay, did. because given that Yaskalainen was such a fixture, and we can't we don't want to we don't want a like for like replacement for Yaskalainen. And I have to say, Charlie, I don't think we should have I don't think we should fit the pattern of, of faded foreign star who's looking to kickstart his career because I don't think that works for goalkeepers. But with Lamar in mind, I've got two tracksuit bottomed goalkeepers. Because I thought feel like Allardyce should have signed one at some point. And that's Gabriel Kirali, of course. Mm. And not just because he was a famed tracksuit bottom wearer, but I just I have a vivid idea of Sam Allardyce referring to him as Gabs. <laughs> you know, which we've got a lot of faith in Gabs. He's been different class around the yeah, training ground. Since yeah. Juicy's been out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe if that's not too obvious, I also thought, what about 178 cap Saudi legend, Nick, Mohammed Al-Dai? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that fits. Saw him in action at the France '98 World Cup and thought, I want a bit of that. And 2002. Just on a on a on a side note, the people at Wikipedia HQ are going to notice a very sudden uptick in the 1998 World Cup squads yeah. page. And, <laughs> and 2002. And rightly so. What yeah. better page to linger on on a on a midweek afternoon? Okay, so so I think we're this is a coin toss. This is either Bernard Lamar or Mohamed Aldi. Now, I think a crucial point is that how old was Bernard Lamar in the mid 2000s because I'm concerned that he was he was about 42. Oh. Ah, uh, okay. Is he, is he was, was he, he too that old? old? He was born in 63. Really? I was Yeah, he was at uh, West Ham in the mid 90s or late 90s. So Yeah, late 90s. Yeah, that kind of works. So I, I can't see him knocking around in the Barclays in the mid 2000s, which really But then of course there is Nigel Martin. Mm. Yeah, I feel I mean, he got we, a finger we, wag from we, Nick we, Miller. Yeah. <laughs> The, the, the majority is in favour of Nigel Martin. Mm. He's wheeling away in celebration. No, fair enough, fair enough. I don't want to dominate the proceedings here, and we, we, we do want a sprinkling of, of English talents, and Nigel Martin is our goalkeeper. Now, at right back, and, and the fullback positions for our 11s, Charlie, are traditionally a fairly unspectacular situation, but I'm quite excited about this debate. Tell us about your right backs. Quite a few options here. I actually... I, I'll leave some of the I'll leave the English options to the floor. I've I've just focused on foreign ones here for the right back mm-hmm. position. Two of these positions come from nations that Allardyce absolutely loved. One of which is Denmark, and he had there were, I think he had four Danes in his squad uh, one year. Mm. Uh, one of whom I don't think 
he ever played maybe shit now I'm down to myself oh, I know him? who you're going to say I know who you're going to say I feel exactly the same exactly I'm so excited who who Thomas, Thomas Helvey yes, yes. <laughs> did he ever he didn't play for them did he I I'm don't na- think so I'm now thinking it's too perfect that that he may have pitched up there mm. so he's one option then another nation that Allardyce really liked was Senegal uh, Habib Bay, who played mm-hmm. for a number of Premier League clubs but I don't think ever pitched up Allardyce's Bolton was another shout and then the kind of what are you doing there how is he at Bolton uh, was Christian Panucci uh, Ooh, kind of elegant okay. faded yeah. matinee idol looks mm. uh, couldn't have seen more out of place with Bolton a few years before but suddenly with Jock Evan Akocha and Hierro, here's his Panucci. Yeah, Panucci perhaps a little bit would have been a little bit too old, but I but he, I love the idea of him sort of battling out for a place with Nicky Hunt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So let's set the scene a little bit further, Nick. Um, so Nicky Hunt was obviously an Allardyce favourite at right back. Bernard Mendy, Joey O'Brien, who was this kind of slightly ungainly but also quite diligent right back, which I think is generally a quite an important facet of an Allardyce team. So who have you got for us? I think I've gone for a sort of Steve Howey cipher, which I think is <laughs> is pretty too, almost on the two on the nose. I've gone. Uh, I think Adam knows. Uh, you've got a look on your face that suggests you know what I'm going to say. Just, I'm just excited. I've never been so excited about a list of right back names in my life. Uh, I've gone with Steve Watson. Um, <laughs> I've got two Steves, and Steve Watson wasn't on there. Steve Watson also, um, and obviously this was a, this would have been an alternative universe, so this might not have actually happened. But it, it feels like Bolton, the Bolton players of this time, had some kind of there's some unlikely trivia about their play, uh, about what they've done, and Steve Watson would fit that as being the unlikely scorer of a Premier League hat trick. Oh, which, which I think he did for Everton, and it probably would have been around this time. So and he had his roly poly long throw as well, didn't he? Yeah. Which, I mean, again, without wanting to cast too much aspersions on Allardyce, would have come in handy. One of the criteria I don't think I've quite nailed with my team is the player shoehorned into a position they're not entirely familiar with. Okay. And uh, I don't know, Steve Watson could fill that role, but he was, you know, he was a bit of a bit of a utility player. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Interesting shout. Okay, I've got two further Steves for you. Steve Finnan. Interesting. But at what stage before he went to Liverpool? Well, I mean, if if we're looking at oh four, oh five, he was very good at Liverpool there, or at least very functional. Mm. So I feel like he's probably not quite He'd have had to have been in the early years of that yeah. wouldn't he? Slightly less effective idea. Stephen Reed. Uh, do you think of him as a right tilts back? Tilts of the head from both Nick Miller and no, Charlie Acoustic. I, I just think of him as a right Polite back. Tilts. No, okay, fine. No, more of a but then that could fit with the playing out of position. Yeah. Okay, my, this is my one final attempt to throw the spanner into the Thomas Helveg works. And that, and I agree here with Rob Fielder from earlier, Abel Xavier. Yeah, yeah, that certainly fits. But uh, yeah. I, I, the, the, the other kind of equivalent, sort of vaguely equivalent team um, along with Portsmouth was uh, that Middlesbrough team that kind of did quite well uh, mm. under Steve McLaren. Pogatets, yeah, that that kind of thing, yeah. A lot, a lot of a lot of players, like Jose Desiree Job, could have played yep. in uh, yeah. this Allardyce team. Mm. But I, I think we, are, I, I don't know. It feels like we're we're wasting our time even talking more. That this, it's. I mean, it has to be Helveg, surely. It was Helveg. The the, the unified chorus of cheers. <laughs> once Thomas Helveg's name was read out. Yeah, we are. I agree. We are wasting time. Thomas Helveg is our right back. Now let's move over to the left, Nick. Uh, under Allardyce, it was Ricardo Gardner, Vincent Candelar, who could play on either side, which yeah. are, is always a staple of our, of our themed 11s. That's a kind of uh, vibe we're going for. Hit me with some names. Well, I did. Uh, initially, I wrote down uh, Bichente Lizarazu, which uh, I then discounted because... Too, it, it seemed too obvious, a kind of Candelar replacement. I, did exa- I had exactly the same journey. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Interestingly, Andy Harrow writes in, and says, Vicente Lizarazu should have gone to Bolton in 2004 rather than the short-lived spell in Marseille. An Indian summer keeping clean sheets alongside Fernando Hierro and Tal Ben Haim that never was. I'm, I'm, I'm seduced by the idea of Vicente Lizarazu. And, well, I am generally. I mean, a man with that Wikipedia photo <laughs> alone deserves, deserves recognition. It's just going to take a lot of beating. That's all I'm saying. The other options I had were, um, again, fitting in with the Hierro, even Campo thing, Sergi, the uh, mm. former uh, <laughs> b- Barcelona and Spain mm-hmm. left back. But mm-hmm. the, I think the one, the one I've, I've gone for is Robert Yarny. I don't really know why. It just seems to fit. That's okay. A- oh, yes. Well, 
uh, nearly time Coventry left back Robert Yarney. <laughs> yeah. Suspicious circumstances. Um, Charlie, before you get started, I've got a couple of names to throw at you. Christian Ziga mm. and Nuno Valente. Yeah, I like that. We, I, it's, we, I've got very, I think, a similar theme. So um, I know we went to City. And again, that City team is probably not a million miles away. Um, Tarnat, also yeah. of Germany. Oh. Um, major tournament fame. Kind of, you know, the kind of guy who knocked around. Similar to Condola. You didn't really know who he was. You know his mm. name. Arta Newman, the uh, yeah. Dutch left back. Yeah. And then of a of the breed of he's been consistent and good at a Premier League club but that Premier League has now outgrown him and he can come to Bolton Celestine Babiaro okay yeah. wow wow so I mean a lot of options here <coughs> Babiaro is is a real twist here I kind of want Lizarazu but then I feel like our team is already looking a little bit too stellar straight away yeah, I, I think he's just a bit a little bit above would you take Nuno Valente would you take him I feel like we need we need kind of some average continental. No, I, wasn't wasn't he in the the Porto team that won the Champions League in two thousand four? <laughs> was he? He was, yeah. Oh dear, because so, he then moved to Everton, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I had only had Everton in my head. Okay. Oh, but Lizarazus just feels so good. But oh, do you want to go for Celestine Babiaro, Nick? Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> let's go with that. That's sure. right. Sounds, sounds good. Sounds good. Um, Shameful is a resume. We're going to live to regret that. I can just sense it. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Okay, let's go to our centre-halves, Charlie. Names he did have were Emerson Tom, Bruno Ngotti, Florent Laville, Tal Benheim, Radi Jaidi, Julio Cesar, Fernando Hierro, uh, who could also play midfield, Abdoulaye Fay, Martin Jetu. So this is actually one of the most non-English positions of all, which is slightly surprising when you think you think of Allardyce that he would probably really love a kind of old-fashioned English centre-back, mm. so it shows, you know, upending our stereotypes again. Mm. Well, yeah, Roque Jr., who you mentioned earlier, was, yeah. was on YS. He, he feels very right. Um, and then I had... Well, I kind of followed the Spanish theme and I thought Ivan Helguera, once he'd kind of won all he needed to at Real Madrid, would Good. come and Good. kind of wind down at Bolton. He would have been a bit too old, although it's this next person, although it surprised me to see that he was in Spain's 2002 World Cup squad, is uh, the beast from Barcelona, Miguel Angel Nadal. Mm. Um, Nesta Sensini uh, of Argentina, um, again, that kind of gnarled veteran. And then more up and coming, do you remember Kristen Val, the French Oh, yeah, he was young a Fulham, wasn't he? Yeah, because occasion occasionally Alice would get them ahead of the curve. And then I, I won't. I think he should be exempt because we've already got Babiaro, but Desai, again, once different to Babiaro in that, I mean, they're both ex-Chelsea, but uh, different in the sense that he, you know, he would have just got too old, but, you know, another legend um, stepping down to Bolton. Lovely shouts. This is a really good start. Um, on the Desai theme, Tom Woodhead writes and says, I refuse to believe that Desai didn't spend his twilight years anchoring Bolton's midfield. <laughs> Deemed mm. surplus to requirements at Mourinho's newly minted Chelsea, he would surely have relished the opportunity to get back in the thick of it after years at centre-half. I can't see him in the Bolton midfield, not against it as a centre-back option. But Nick, who have you got? Uh, on a similar theme to Nadal, I've got Kuto. Um, oh. oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, which I think works. Similar hair to Campo as well. Uh, yeah, um, similar sort of... Actually, I don't, was it your sort of slightly unhinged centre-back or was it just? am I just oh, thinking of the hair? completely. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, yeah, still knocking around in the mid-2000s, just coming to his end of end of his time at Lazio. Yeah, I, I think. really like this yeah, as a shout. Yeah. Did the one... Uh, did, did the couple of uh, slightly rogue and uh, really going with the uh, the kind of wild man theme... Trifon Ivanov. Oh, wow. The late great. The yeah. late great Trifon Ivanov. The late great. And uh, the other name I had that written down here was Aldair. <laughs> I like that, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ivanov probably ruled out on, on age terms. <laughs> yeah. World Cup 94. Um, Aldair, I think, went to Qatar, didn't he? Which which really puts him in our, yeah. in our ballpark. Well, he does, because I was thinking that, that this, nowadays, it's the, the sort of players that now would probably go to Qatar or... Mm. Or China or those kinds of leagues, mm. they didn't have that option. I was one other I didn't mention was Rigobert's song. Yes, um, good. 
another another shark to throw in this tank. Yeah. Okay. So my standout options so far are Ivan Helguero, which just feels so obvious, but I've just got to put him in there. <laughs> does uh, feel right, doesn't he? Fernando Couto, but it just feels a little bit too Iberian for me. So uh, what about Robert Huth? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, Nick- but it's di- yeah. It, 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 it goes with the um, the, the that Middlesbrough team mm. um, kind of presumably Alas would have picked uh, Middlesbrough probably did picked him up from Chelsea's reserves and kind of is he just too pulis though Huth um, can't have these uh, worlds those... colliding I don't want these worlds colliding yeah I mean he were, actually he would have been very young at this point wouldn't he yeah uh, he Huth? was yeah he, this was. Yes, it's him sort of mm. early being blooded in the Chelsea team. Yeah. I can imagine sort of yeah him seeking first team football and then going to Bolton and then Allardyce getting a tune out of him. Uh, elsewhere, Nikos Dabizas. Yeah. Mm. And what about Stefan Oncho? Mm. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure actually. I think I think I, I, Oncho again, Steve Finnan kind of thing. He would put it. Oh well, no, he had. Well, no, because he, he could have gone on. He was he was on more of the down by then. Mm. Yeah, I by guess the time he was, Allardyce yeah. could have got him. That would have been a more feasible. Well, feasible in that signing. case, it, I think it comes down to Fernando Couto or Stefan Oncho, and uh, you know, cast your vote. I think Couto. I know. It, I know we've gone for a lot of these, but it's just so seductive. There's something very seductive about him. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, he's basically Ivan Campo, um, but <laughs> dirtier. So okay, fine, fine. I'm happy with it. Let's move into midfield now. I want to pick two. I want to break down our midfield, Nick. First, let's pick two kind of functional central midfielders first before we get onto our onto our more adventurous options. Um, so under Allardyce, that would have been Per Franson, Kevin Nolan, Ivan Campo, as we've discussed, Dick Tofting, Stelios Giannakopoulos. So that's the kind of um, that's the kind of arena we're we're looking at here. What names have you got? Well, I've got. Um, I'm very specifically uh, returning from his bizarre and slightly ill-advised spell at Real Madrid. Thomas Graveson. Mm. Um, well, that would have been sort of two thousand and five, six era. I've got David Batty to fill okay. the kind of mm. aging Brit, and I'm not sure, quite sure if it quite fits with the uh, the you know gritty gnarled thing. But Christian Carambo. Yeah, he was on my list as well. In, in that Middlesbrough overlap as well. Yeah. Yeah, we need to be careful of the Middlesbrough overlap. Don't we? <laughs> I feel like that should, yeah, that should be capped up. The Middlesbrough overlap, not dead against it though, not dead against it. So, Gravison and Carambo are the standout options so far. Charlie, give me some functional midfielders, please. Yeah, I mean, alongside Carambo, I had Alan Bogosian. I'm sure that's a terrible pronunciation, <laughs> but of the kind of you always say Alan Bogosian, wagging your finger and being You're like, never going to yeah, meet he, him. He, 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 <laughs> he, he was in the France squad. Then Philip Koku, who I was a mate, I was thinking. Because he managed at Derby, and I was like, "When was he in the Premier League? Did he play in the Premier League? He never played in the Premier League. I mm. thought he must have done at some point." Uh, and has been mentioned, Papa Bubba. Just it feels a bit too philosophy. Maybe, Goku. maybe he's too um, cerebral's maybe harsh, but mm. yeah, just a, yeah, um, feel like he would have had ideas above that station. And then Diop, as has been mentioned, fulfilling mm. the Senegal quota. Mm. Um, I think Fai was Fai signed for Allardyce towards the end of his time there as well. So. Okay. Yeah, kind of filling that those kind of roles. Um, someone whose Twitter name I can't read out and whose username I simply cannot decipher writes in and says, Emre Belozoglu, mm. yeah. Antoine Sibierski, <laughs> who immediately makes me think of Sylvain Legvinsky, and perhaps a role for Charles and Zogbia. Hang on, he did, he did actually play... Did he not? No? Hang oh, he, uh, yeah, he okay, yeah if we look at... Was it Newcastle, maybe? I don't think he played for Allardyce's Bolton. He played for Wigan, didn't he? Oh, uh, right. Mm. No, let's I mean, for, let's forget post Bolton Allardyce. I'm not yeah. interested. Those are more. I had Bernard Diomed for those more because yeah. some of those ones you mentioned are slightly more attacking options. Mm. Was Diomed sort of defensive minded then? No, I think he was more of a. I think he was more of a winger. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I think of Nzogbia as being more of a winger. Nick, I, I'm I'm forcing this decision onto you. Is it Sibieski or is it Legvinsky? Uh, Legvinsky. Fine, good, fantastic. Sylvan Legvinsky, and. Um, so enamoured am, am I by your previous options, Thomas Gravison and Christian Karenberg. That that's our, and that's the three because I, I, I'm I'm inclined to leave out Gravison because he feels too Stigtoftingy. I feel like we're we're trying to find a, a replacement for Stigtofting. Yeah, all Danish midfielders. I mean, we'll have plenty of attacking players, so we could just have a two, yeah, two they'll holders. Just sit. They'll just sit. They'll just sit. Yeah. Just sit. Okay, Karenberg and Legvinsky. 
are our sitters. I'm going to leave the number 10 for a moment, Nick. Let's talk about our wide men, because of course under Allardyce, we're not talking necessarily about flying wingers. They could be if they wanted to, if he wanted to push Ricardo Gardner forward, he did. But it's more your Henrik Pedersons, your Yuri Djurkaevs, your Ibrahim Bars, and your El Hads Jufs. Anyone can play on the wing for an Allardyce. Yeah, I don't. Th- I actually, looking at my options here, I don't think I've quite nailed this. P- primarily because I've I- I've gone too f- too hard on the Middlesbrough option because my my two wide men are uh, Budovine Zenden <laughs> and uh, Tunchai. Oh, we need to stop. Stop with the Middlesbrough. I know they yeah. played each other in the 2000-something League Cup final, but um, I, I know they feel intertwined. But no more Middlesbrough footballers. No. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, 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 in fact, discount my selections. There. I don't think I've. I don't think I've got it. Much as I quite like the Zenden shout, but I feel like we can improve on that, Charlie. Well, yeah. Diomed was one of mine. One of the wide positions. <laughs> Wait, he was agent. What's going on? <laughs> um, chuck him in again. Uh, Exteberia, who I know very little about, but he felt gettable and was mm. a kind of hard-working winger, as far as mm. I remember, mm. who I feel like would have fitted in quite well. Enrico Chiesa, again, oh. just about gettable, not not the kind of Can you see an Italian at Bolton level. under Allardyce? I can't. May, yeah, maybe. Were there no Italians there? Maybe not. Um, I think those... Then a sort of complete wildcard shout, just because... Allardyce was not opposed to signing players based on the basis of a good tournament was Blanco the guy from Mexico who did that ridiculous bunny hop skill <laughs> him just suddenly pitching up and being like is that the guy like, yep that's the guy who did that skill four years ago oh I'm, I'm tempted but I no I'm sorry he's too novelty for Bolton Allardyce would, he didn't he wouldn't see a need for him I, I can't I mean he's all for, for the odd flair player but I, I just feel like Blanco was, was too one trick a step pony, too far too much of a novelty and we're struggling for our wingers Sam writes in and says in terms of foreign signings I can too easily imagine that guy from Serie A with a shaved head and rat's ponytail in a 2004 Bolton shirt. Don't know why it just fits. That man is Rodrigo Palacio. But he was way later, wasn't he? I think he was later, Maybe, Yeah, Yeah, maybe. He was about about 23 Mm. around that time, so that's too right. Um, Nick, maybe, I don't know what you think about this one. Danny Davis says, Andy Reid always felt like a perfect Big Sam player to me. Sounds like Allardyce's Bolton always needed a few tricky players who could make things happen, and Reid seems like he'd be perfect to fire balls into Kevin Davis. I think it, the 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 theory sound, but I think that this would have been too early for uh, for Andy Reid. He was kind of came through at Forest in about two thousand and two, two thousand and three, mm. and then he'd he must have gone to Tottenham by this stage. It was two thousand and five. He went to Spurs. Yeah. I guess he he could have he joined them in January. It could have been that after about eighteen months there of not quite making the grade, Allardyce came in and you know reinvented him because he also then played central midfield didn't he later and I can sort of imagine him him playing in a kind of either on the wing in his early days and then going into a sitting role Mm. I've got I've got another shout here because the the sort of late 90s Palmer team has kind of cropped up a a fair bit so uh Johan Mikud I remember the name Johan Mikud in a kind of mercurial French creative I'm struggling here. I no names are really leaping out. Who was the big guy they had up front who scored that very, very nice goal against Wolves? Oh, oh, uh, Johan Amald El- El- Elmand. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> He's not playing on the wing. I just couldn't remember yeah. his name. Um, oh, I'm really struggling. I, we haven't got any wingers. Um, are we going to have to have Budavine Zenden? I think we are. Oh. Uh. I mean, I mean I think, I'm reversing I think the Middlesbrough overlap is, ruling. Yeah, Exteberia <laughs> is is a great shout. I think he he would uh, him he on the right is ended on the left. Two kind of out and out wingers. Done. Uh, Done. Also, that that yeah, that, that maybe some someone from that. Did Diego Tristan play for for them? He's in my. He's, he's on my list. But he's a striker, forward, obviously. But yeah. someone from that Deportivo. Um, oh yes, like the left team. winger Vicente was that his name? Yeah. Uh, just, I feel like our wingers here are too adventurous. They're too stylish. We need someone who's just who who is a Henrik Pedersen who is just gonna shuttle up and down win headers. Who is this man? Could be British, <laughs> probably Scandinavian. Kevin Kilban says producer Tom. What do you think about him in a Bolton context? Did he play for Bolton? Don't think he did. No, he didn't. Preston or or James McFadden. I, th- I think it's genuinely really difficult. A bit later, I think maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard. 
Um, I mean, at the moment, I think actually Berea and Zenden are the, the front runners. It, it's leaving us with an incredibly exotic team. That's all I'm thinking. But um, yeah, is there is there a Stuart Ripley type? Yeah, I feel like our our team is at risk of getting a little bit too exotic, a little bit too too foreign superstar. I mean, mm. Zenden will do a job down the left for us, so I'm happy with that. On the right, I feel like we need a steady performer with a little bit of flair, but it is fundamentally a kind of solid performer. What about someone like Trevor Sinclair, who oh, what a good shout! What, <laughs> who was seen as very flary and exciting in his youth, but by then was pretty functional, had had his profile raised by playing for England. But I think by this point, people would have been like, "Oh, he's actually he's not that great, and he's a bit past his best." Mm. By then, he's pretty functional, and he's not really exotic by this point. I think he would do a job. You know, he'd be reliable for Big Sam. Yeah, yeah. The more I look at it, the more Bolton he becomes, uh, and in the absence of any better candidates, Nick. Trevor Sinclair is our man for the right wing. Yeah, I can't. I haven't got any advance on that. Of course, this would have been the um, shaved head era of Trevor yeah. Sinclair. Certainly than post so. Yeah. Okay, let's get into more comfortable territory here. This is who's going to be our number 10. Now, of course, Allardyce's options were JJ Okocha, Hidetoshi Nakata. Nick, who are you looking towards for your number 10 that Bolton never had? Uh, well, I've got two here. One, I it's sort of the 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 idea fits, but I'm not sure whether he would be a, a, an Allardyce player. Juan Carlos Valeron mm. um, from obviously Deportivo, and then the other, my other number ten option. I think I may have gone too big here, um, but he was on the kind of downward part of his career. Rivaldo. Well, yeah. Well, he was linked with them, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He was he was pushing for the move. Apparently, he was faxing them his wage demands and all sorts. So it's it's a move that very nearly did happen, mm. but I, I I think we can actually better it with a move that did simply didn't happen. So Rivaldo is our perhaps our front runner. Charlie, what have you got? I've got someone who was more faded by that time, which is Ariel Ortega, who had oh, been nice. a very much a kind of future Maradona at the '98 World Cup. Can you see him at Bolton? I can partly because in my head he had. Sort of long curly black hair and that seems to be like a key way of fitting in and I can imagine him arriving and everyone in Argentina kit like fake Argentina kits with even with Ortega wigs and this sort of thing I, mm. I just feel like I can see Ortega fever uh taking hold in in Bolton so he he's one and then yeah I had Rivaldo as well mm. and then I, I know you've nixed Italian options but one I thought and this would have been an almighty coup and I would have lost a lot of respect for him, but Roberto Baggio. Oh, God. <laughs> sorry, no, no. One, one last hurrah, and uh, Allardyce puts the Aladici puts the call in, oh, and, uh, and Baggio arrives. Fantasy, yeah, Ortega, Ortega I think land. there is, uh, is my my main uh, I, I offering. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be quite so quick to dismiss Baggio <laughs> if he if he Thanks, kind of Nick. thought. Yeah, his team is absurd. <laughs> This is well, an absurd team. If, if Baggio thought that uh, Baggio kind of famously in the latter years of his career was much more much happier at smaller clubs, at Brescia and Bologna. So if he thought, "I want to play in England," who's the English equivalent of mm. Brescia or Bologna? Someone might have suggested Bolton. So I, 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 I'm not saying it's the, be the top choice, but I don't think you should, we should dismiss it quite so uh, readily. That, I, I wouldn't dispute your logic there. That's absolutely fine. Um, I feel like the name I'm about to throw in. Finally, it's going to fall upon underwhelmed ears. <laughs> but I'm thinking of a player who was mercurial, known to more intellectual British fans at that time who may have been watching football on Sky, had a troubled career, and Allardyce would have brought him over to have a look at him, probably get him up to, to speed in the Premier League. But we all know what he can do, and that is Jalminia. Oh, Deportivo La Coruña. Uh, oh, I didn't see that coming, but I like it. Yes, that because I was thinking earlier the Nielsen. Um, oh, of course. But of, of that kind of Brazilian. I, I just feel flair. like Eladas would look at the Nielsen and said, "No, not even I can do anything with that." Jalmina was he? A, was he a number ten? Yeah, he was very yeah. much so. Tricky number ten. Played with Rivaldo at Palmeiras, I believe. I think he was. Was he? Is he the? He may have been. Was he who? Deportivo signed to replace Rivaldo, possibly, or was it maybe the other way around? Correct. I'm not sure. That is that's absolutely right. You're absolutely yeah. right. So, really, I mean, I, Rivaldo is so. I, I don't think it should be Rivaldo just it's because too big it, a name. Yeah, well, also, it's too big a name, but it's also known. People, he is, he's yeah. always held up as being like. Yeah, that's fair. The, 
the, the one that got away. How about Jalmina? Uh, he ticks all the Elodice boxes. Yeah, that's fine. Also, Jalmina, I suppose, is in that he... Some of these signings were ones that weren't so well known. So we want to have that balance of... Some of them are known entities, but some would have been like a little bit, oh, interesting. Also, see there. I can see... I can see someone writing a kind of retrospective for The Athletic on Jalminia's time at Bolton. And one of the early quotes, Nick, being, well, we didn't know what to expect, but when he turned up to his first training session, the stuff he did in training was absolutely incredible. <laughs> oh, never seen anything like <laughs> it. Never seen anything like it. He didn't like the weather too much, mind. <laughs> the, the, he, he would have showed up for his first training session in November and he would have been, you know, three jumpers, big hat on, three yeah. pairs of gloves. Almost walked off the first session. Mm. And, you know, he thought this, what have I done? He was on his agent. Can I get on the first plane back? They signed some nomad Brazilian to keep him company in uh, <laughs> in Greater Manchester. Uh, Jalminha it is. He's our number 10. What a great shout. Fantastic. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's recap our team so far before we reach um, you know, our figurehead. Nigel Martin in goal, back four of Thomas Helvig, Celestine Babiaro, Ivan Helguera and Fernando Couto. Sensational stuff. Midfield base of Christian Karenburn, Sylvain Legvinsky. Jalminia arrowing through the middle, flanked by Boudouin Zenden and Trevor Sinclair. It does feel more Bolton the more I talk about it, but up front, Nick... Up front, we have a huge decision to make because if, let's look at the cross-section of strikers Sam Allardyce signed for Bolton. Kevin Davis, Nicholas Anelka, Michael Ricketts, Salva Baesta, Pierre-Yves André, Jardel, Javi Moreno, Jared Borghetti, Ricardo Vaztay and six-foot-nine-inch Chinese Peter Crouch, Yang Changpeng, who I have to say didn't play for Bolton. He had only had him on trial but at the time felt like incredibly Allardycean shot in the dark. Anelka is the, the one I've forgotten about, which doesn't really really fit into the criteria because he was sort of, I don't know whether it was in, fairly close to prime career, Anelka. Well, I think he does. He fits into the damaged goods. Uh, yeah. yeah. For, like he, he was seen as a bit of a bad boy, wasn't he? Yeah, and then the Who kind teams of, didn't want to go near. Yeah, the, the, the rough diamond that was, that was polished mm. and then sent off to Chelsea. Hmm. So what are we exactly. looking for here? What do we want up front, Nick? I think we want someone, well, I mean, I'm going to say relatively functional, but the, mm. one of the names I've got in, uh, down here is the sort of complete opposite of functional. Um, <laughs> you want someone kind of very slightly obscure, but the kind of people who probably played a lot of played a lot of football manager in the late 90s and early 2000s will know all about. And maybe a couple of kind of established Premier League names. So, I mean, the ones I've got here, I've got Mark Viduka, who again, again, the Middlesbrough thing. I I, I, keep keep going back to that. (laughs) Um, Benny McCarthy. Yeah, he's on my list as well. And but I think the one that I would choose, uh, and I this is another one that I genuinely had to look up. Didn't actually play for Bolton. Carnu. Wow. Well, let's pick that apart. I mean, Charlie, where do we start? He did not. I mean, some great shouts in there. I think this this position was one of the funnest to do, partly because, as you say, there was such a range 
of real life Allardyce strikers. On that theme of strikers who I had to check hadn't actually played for him, Henri Camera, who mm. did such sterling work at Wolves and Wigan, and Senegalese, feels very right. Benny McCarthy was mentioned. On the English uh, theme, Malcolm Christie, mm-hmm. who I can imagine pitching up and doing a job, though he also was at Middlesbrough. He went from Derby to Middlesbrough, didn't he? <laughs> we're then- gonna be, we are going to be so good at actually played for Middlesbrough 11. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then on the... So I mentioned Dio Tristan earlier. He feels pretty right at the end of... And he then went to West Ham, didn't he? So it would have been the oh, end of... Oh, of course he did. The end of Adelaide's time. Nuno Gomez. Mm. Um, oh. Davor, Davor Shuka, reliable Premier League goals. Hakan Shuka as a kind of... he He's no. known to... Uh, That's it. That's it. <laughs> Hakan Shuka is, is the one. Does it, does it work age-wise? I'm very... I'm, I'm, this is very important. Hakan Shuka, 34. So job doer. I think. Well, or, or, I mean, he was 71, wasn't he? So in, say, 2003, when Allardyce is starting to sign... Uh, yeah, well, he signed a Cotch in 2002, didn't he? So it could be, mm. yeah, 31, 32, coming in. He scored goals everywhere he's been. Mm. He's physical enough for the Premier League. He'll relish that. Very good. Um, Very good. And then last couple of shouts, um, continuing the Danish theme, Tom- John Dal Thomason and Ebe Sand. Ebe Sand. Ebe Sand, oh, also, Ebe also a popular shout amongst our listeners. Um, let's hear from our listeners, in fact. Rince Russ says, Christoph Dugary. Yeah. And I reckon I reckon Allardyce could have coached one more good year out of Roger Miller. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's lacking fitness. He's lacking fitness. <laughs> but we'll take a look at him. But no, mid-50s by then, so Things no. for strikers like that, it doesn't matter so much. Yes, he's 47. Mark Quinn goes for an incredibly obvious shout, Yakubu. Yeah. Um, mm. Again, two Portsmouthy. Uh, Sam says, I reckon Allardyce could have got a tune out of Stan Collymore for at least a six-month loan period, pay-as-you-play. Maybe right right at the beginning of his time yeah. in the Prem. Okay. I think we've got our man, but I've got two more names for you. Alex Real says, Angelos Haristeas. Oh. As a post-Euro 2004 signing would be yeah, at the Greek good. Kevin Davis. Bring us full circle for this episode. No, then, no that, very, that really is good. I'm t- I, I, I thought I'd made my mind up, but that's throwing a spanner in the works. Does he usurp Hakan Shakur? I think he might do. I think he might do. But what about... This from Will Tucker, Charlie. That four-game spell that Giovanni Elber had at Borussia Mönchengladbach mm. should really have been at Bolton. This is just obvious. How do you feel about Elber? Elber and Jardel mm. were very much interchangeable in my head because they were both brilliant on CM, mm. but I didn't really know much about them in real life, and I'd, I'd probably had never seen them play, but I'd played hundreds of games with them. So, yeah, yeah, I like that as a kind of... Um, Cipher for Jardel. No, I think it is. It's Harasteas or Hakan Shuka. The the only thing with Harasteas is he feels a little bit too man of the momenty. <laughs> That's actually I, a very good point. Yeah. Bolton I, would have been in for him, would they? I oh, think the o- I think it's more likely they would have signed him a year or two later once <laughs> his stock had fallen and he and his club couldn't have put such a high transfer on him. Didn't he go to Ajax after the the right. the Euros? So that's yeah. I mean. You know, not not the the really hot the top property. echelons, but but uh, yeah. Bolton were never in for hot property, no. were they? That's no, that's I... very very much a theme of this. In that case, I've removed Angelos Haristeas from my little document here and replaced him again with Hakan Shukur, who's who I think is is going to be. We need a player like this, Charlie, for our for our front man role because we've got a, a very bizarre midfield behind him <laughs> doing all sorts of things. We need a figurehead. Um, so I think we're all happy with that. Let's run through our team then. In goal, Nigel Martin. Back four, Thomas Helveg, Celestine Babiaro, Ivan Helguero, Fernando Couto. Lacking some British grit there. I feel like we do need a functional fullback. I just can't think of anybody. So that's it. Uh, in midfield, Christian Karamber, Sylvain Legvinsky and Jalminia. On the wing, Boudouin Zend and Trevor Sinclair. Up front, Hakan Shukur. Nick, does this feel Eladicean to you? It does. Where's our uh, British grit? Yeah, I was going to say we're, we're we're lacking a little bit of British grit. Although I suppose Nigel Martin and Trevor Sinclair relatively yeah. relatively gritty. But yeah, I think I think that's pretty strong. I don't think anyone can really pick up. Well, no, actually, people can very easily pick holes in it because <laughs> oh, you know, because of the the very concept. But still, I think it's pretty solid. Yeah, I think Charlie, it was relatively inevitable that we were going to focus on a particular strand of Eladice's bolt mm. and. Uh, and and if we are going to focus on that strand, perhaps we have nailed it then in that case. Yeah, I think it's the funner strand as well, because 
that's what we remember more, isn't it? Those exotic signings more than the you know we we love and respect the Nicky Hunts, but you know it's it's the uh, Cotchers and Campos that really really gets going. I mean, yeah, let's not let's not forget our incredibly strong bench: uh, Saudi legend Mohamed Al Dai. Um, Steve Finnan probably on the bench um, after being done I mean by... Paul Koncheski could he do a job oh, on the bench good, yeah, or even good. start ahead of Babiaro yeah. is it, if we want a bit of English grit Stefan Olsho it feels like it feels like Koncheski would have gone there after his disastrous spell at Liverpool though which was that's obviously true, a few yeah. years later post Allardyce so I'm having Elber on the bench though that's perfectly good um, I, but we should finish as we always do Nick where, where would this team have finished I feel like this team could have matched the peak Allardyce Bolton team of who finished sixth in two thousand four oh five. Yeah, you can see these guys getting to sorts of the quarter final of the UEFA Cup at uh, at some point. Mm. Oh yeah, they would have, they would have done some things in Europe definitely. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, Charlie, you can you can imagine this lot on ITV four <laughs> all the way, and then suddenly suddenly popping up on on BBC One for the final. Yeah, I can then imagine them imploding a sort of year or so after when. You know, because there there might be quite a few egos in this team. Oh yeah, Jalmini is off, isn't he? There there are some big names here, so I think Allardyce, the alchemy might work for a year or so, but might not be sustainable. Who's our captain? Kuto, guess so. Helguera, maybe. Yeah, yeah. He's cool kind of head. got the Champions League Cal- winning I think experience. Cambo has got the good kind of gravitas, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Um, well, sensational. Um, yeah, that took a lot of debating. So many strands to work with, but I think we've we've done a decent job. People are going to tear it apart and they are welcome to do so. Thanks very much to you, Nick, for joining us. Thank you. And thanks to you. Uh, I believe you called yourself the Jewish George Boyd, Charlie, once upon a time on the <laughs> podcast. Uh, still happy to stick with that? I'll stick with it for now. Fair enough. Uh, brilliant. See everyone next week. Have a lovely weekend. Bye. The Athletic. <laughs>